Innal hamdalillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa sayyiati a'malina man yahdihillahu fala mudhillalah wa man yudhlil fala hadiyalah wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharikalah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu Today then we arrive at Surah Al-Asr, continuing with the book of Al-Shaykh Al-Ithaymeen Rahimahullah Ta'ala in his tafsir of Juz Amma, we are at Surah Al-Asr today. And that is where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said, Wal-Asr. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرٍ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاسَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاسَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ That by time, verily man is in loss, except those who believe and do righteous deeds. And they recommend one another to the truth and they recommend one another to patience. Verily, mankind is in loss except those who believe and do righteous actions. And they recommend one another to the truth, and they recommend one another to patience. Here at the beginning of this particular surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath, and there are many places in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by something. And whenever Allah takes an oath by something, then that thing must be something very important. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only takes an oath by those affairs of importance and greatness. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took an oath by time, bil-asr. But what exactly is al-asr? Qil, inna al-murada bihi akhirun nahar. Li'anna akhirun nahar afdaluh. Wa salatu al-asr. تسمى الصلاة الوسطى أي الفضلة كما سماها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بذلك. So some of the scholars have said that the meaning of العصر is the last part of the day. The whole of the day, the last part of the day before sunset. Those final parts of the day, the late afternoon, 
That is the asr. That is the opinion of some of the scholars. Because the final part of the day, they say, is the best part of the day. And that is because Salatul Asr, Salatul Asr, which is As-Salatul Wusta, the middle prayer, Salatul Asr, meaning the best. That is another interpretation of that meaning of Al-Asr being As-Salatul Wusta, meaning the preferable prayer, the preferred prayer. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned for it in Al-Bukhari. So some scholars say because of that, because Salatul Asr has been termed and phrased as the preferential prayer, the preferred prayer or the best of the prayers or the virtuous prayer, then because of that, maybe Al-Asr, Wal-Asr is talking about that time period. The late afternoon, the Asr time. Waqil, but there is a, another explanation of some scholars. Qil, in Al-Asr, huwa zaman That Al-Asr simply means the time. That al-asr simply means the time. وَهَذَا هُوَ الْأَصَحْ And this is the most correct understanding. That al-asr here means al-zaman. The whole of time generally. أَقْسَمَ اللَّهُ بِهِ لِمَا يَقَعُ فِيهِ مِنْ اخْتِلَافِ الْأَحْوَالِ وَتَقَلُّبَاتِ الْأُمُورِ وَمُدَاوَلَةُ الْأَيَّامِ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا هُوَ مُشَاهَدٌ فِي الْحَاضِرِ وَمُتَحَدَّثْ عَنْهُ فِي الْغَائِبِ So some scholars said Al-Asr is time overall and that is the more correct opinion. So Allah has taken an oath by time. Because within this time, all of the different things happen. All of the different circumstances, the different situations, the different occurrences take place within time. So the affairs, how they change, the different things that happen... And the days, one after the next, following on from each other, all of these things that are witnessed and take place, they take place within time. So time, it is, or al-asr, it is the time. That all of us we live within. It is the time that all of us live within. And the, the, this time within it, different things occur at different times. At some times, there will be difficulty and distress that occurs 
And at some times there will be ease that occurs. And there'll be some times when there is war that is happening. And sometimes there will be peace. Ceasefire. And sometimes a person will be in good health. And sometimes a person will be ill. وَصِحَّةً وَمَرَضًا وَعَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَعَمَلًا سَيِّئًا إِلَى غَيْرِ ذَلِكَ And sometimes a person may be in this time doing good deeds. And sometimes a person within this time may be doing bad deeds. All of those things occur within time. أَقْسَمَ اللَّهُ بِهِ على قوله إن الإنسان لفي خصر. So Allah سبحانه وتعالى took an oath by this time because all of us in creation we are living in this time and everything that happens and occurs to us and all of that occurs within this time. And that's why the Salaf, they used to speak about the importance of this time and not to waste this time. And some of the Salaf, they mentioned that this time on this earth is your residence here. Then you will have your residence in the Barzakh. Then you will have your residence in the afterlife. The dunya, the barzakh, the akhirah. So the time here is limited and it is short. So Allah took an oath by this time. Because within this time is your opportunity to do your good deeds, to do your righteousness. It's a very important affair this time that we have. So Allah took an oath upon that. And then said what on this oath? Said, That indeed mankind is in loss. Indeed mankind is in loss. Notice the second ayah begins with the word inna. Inna. Al-insana lafi Inna in Arabic indicates emphasis, tawkid. Emphasis. You want to emphasize something, you can use the word inna. Harfun nasbin wa tawkid. An oath. When do you take an oath? What's one of the purposes and objectives and reasons why somebody would take an oath? When you say, by Allah I did this or that, you want to? Emphasis again. It's tawkid again. You want to emphasize to someone you did something, say, by Allah I did this or I did that or I brought the book back or whatever. So the oath at the beginning is an emphasis. The beginning of the second ayah with the word inna in Arabic is an emphasis. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَا This lam is also for the purpose of Tawqeed again, emphasis. 
لام لا في خسر the lam in that word in Arabic again is for emphasis. So how many times has Allah mentioned emphasis here so far? Three times. That proves to you how important it is what Allah is going to mention to us in this surah. That Allah didn't just take one oath or two oaths, three or three emphasis, three points of emphasis were taken upon this. So what were they taken upon? إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ That indeed mankind is certainly in loss. وَالْإِنسَانَ هُنَا And the, the intent behind the word الإنسان is broad and open and general. لِأَنَّ الْمُرَادَ بِهِ الْجِنْسِ it means all of mankind, humankind. وَعَلَامَةُ الْإِنسَانِ الَّذِي يُرَادُ بِهِ الْعُمُومِ And then the Shaykh mentions the Arabic ruling again about why this indicates it is all of mankind. يُرَادُ بِهِ الْعُمُومِ أَنْ يُحِلَّ مَحَلَّ الْكَلِمَةِ كُلْ فَهُنَا لَوْ قِيلْ كُلُّ إِنسَانٍ فِي خُصْرٍ لَكَانَ هُوَ هذا هو المعنى. Uh, and so if you swap the alif and lam in the word al-insan with the word kullu, if it still makes sense, then that means it is indicating the generality. So this is the case here. It means indeed all of mankind, all of mankind is in loss. وَمَعْنَ الْآيَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ أن الله أقسم قسما على حال الإنسان أنه في خسر أي في خسران ونقصان في كل أحواله في الدنيا وفي الآخرة إلا من استثنى الله عز وجل. So the point here is that Allah is telling us by time indeed mankind is certainly in loss. All of mankind is in loss in this world and in the afterlife. Everyone is in loss in this world and in the afterlife. Except for the ones that Allah mentions as the exceptions. The exceptions are going to come now. There are a few exceptions. Outside of those exceptions... All of mankind otherwise is in loss. وَهَذِهِ الْجُمْلَةِ مُؤَكِّدَةِ بِثَلَاثِ مُؤَكَّدَاتِ الأول القسم الثاني إِنَّ والثالث اللام That we mentioned already before uh, about the three points of emphasis that are being made here. And the fi, when we say, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَا فِي غُسْرٍ The fi لِلْظَرْفِيَّةِ فَكَأَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ مُنْغَمِسٌ فِي الْخَصْرِ وَالْخُسْرَانَ مُحِيطٌ بِهِ مِنْ كُلِّ جَانِ The fi in that ayah, it indicates a ظَرْفِيَّةِ ظَرْفِيَّةِ indicating 
a, a status or a, a geographically surrounding someone. So the fee here would indicate that the loss, the loss is completely encompassing mankind. That this loss is all around you, surrounding you, encompassing you from every angle, from every perspective. Then Allah tells us who are the ones who are ex- uh, 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 exempt, who are exempt from that loss. Four characteristics are mentioned. Four characteristics that you need to be exempt from the loss. Four characteristics. Istathna Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ha'ula so Allah made exempt those people who are characterized by these four characteristics. The first characteristic. بما بينه الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم حين سأله جبريل عن الإيمان قال أن تؤمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر وتؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره So the first attribute or characteristic needed to be exempt from that loss is al-iman. That a person be upon iman, a person be a believer upon certainty. Certainty. Not with doubt, having doubt in the afterlife, having doubt upon belief in, your, in the angels or the books or the prophets or any of the affairs of Iman. No doubt, having absolute certainty in your belief in Allah, in His angels, in His books, in His messengers, in the day of judgment, and that you believe in the decree, it's good and it's bad. فَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِهَذِهِ الْأُصُولِ السِّتَّةِ هُمُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ So those who believe in these six parts, they are the believers. In these six principles, they are the believers. وَلَكِنْ يَجِبْ أَنْ يَكُونَ إِيمَانًا لَا شَكَّ مَعَهُ وَلَا تَرَدُّدُ But your iman has to be absolute and certain without any doubts within it. بِمَعْنَى أَنَّكَ تُؤْمِنْ بِهَذِهِ الْأَشْيَاءِ وَكَأَنَّكَ تَرَاهَا رَأْيَ الْعَيْنِ Meaning that you believe in all of those affairs of iman as though you can see them. 
Because when a person sees something, he absolutely then believes that. So you believe in these affairs as though you see these affairs. That you have certainty in their reality. وَالنَّاسُ فِي هَذَا الْمَقَامِ ثَلَاثَةُ And people, when it comes to their belief, are three categories. People split up into three categories when it comes to the belief. الْقِسْمُ الْأَوَّلِ مُؤْمِنٌ خَالِصُ الْإِيمَانِ إِيمَانًا لَا شَكَّ فِيهِ وَلَا تَرَدُّدُ Firstly, a believer who is absolute and complete in his iman with certainty, without any doubt whatsoever. The complete, perfect believer with certainty. The second, الْقِسْمُ الثَّانِي كافر جاحد منكر The second category is a disbeliever A disbeliever The one who rejects Rejects the uh, uh, iman in those affairs Rejects iman in Allah or the angels or the books, or the prophets, or the, the day of judgment, or the decree, rejects belief in that. A kafir, a disbeliever. وَالْقِسْمُ الثَّالِثِ And the third category, متردد. The one who is in doubt. He's in doubt. The first category was the believers upon absolute iman. The second category was the disbelievers upon absolute rejection. The third category are the ones in doubt. وَالنَّاجِي مِنْ هَؤُلَاءِ الْقِسْمُ الْأَوَّلِ الَّذِي يُؤْمِنُ إِيمَانًا لَا تَرَدُّدَ فِيهِ وَيُؤْمِنُ بِوُجُودِ اللَّهِ وَرُبُوبِيَّتِهِ وَأُلُوهِيَّتِهِ وَبِأَسْمَائِهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَيُؤْمِنُ بِالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَهُمْ عَالَمٌ غَيْبِيٌّ خَلَقَهُمُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى مِنْ نُورٌ وَكَلَّفَهُمْ بِأَعْمَالٍ مِنْهَا مَا هُوَ مَعْلُومٌ مِنْهَا مَا لَيْسَ بِمَعْلُومٌ So from those three categories, of course, the category who receive salvation are the first, the believers, not the disbelievers, the second category, and not the third category of people who are upon doubt. Doubt, is it true, is it not? Do they believe, do they not? That will not bring you salvation. The salvation is in certainty of belief. So you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You believe in the Lordship of Allah, in the worship of Allah, in the names and attributes of Allah, upon Tawheed, in all of those affairs, you believe in the angels, and that they are an unseen creation to us. And Allah created them from light, and gave them responsibilities, 
Some of those responsibilities we are aware of and some of them we do not know. فَجِبْرِيلُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ مُكَلَّفٌ بِالْوَحِي يَنْزِلُ بِهِ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ إِلَى الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالرُّسُلِ So Jibreel alayhi salam, for example, his responsibility is the revelation. He descends with it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the prophets and the messengers. وَمِكَائِيلُ مُكَلَّفٌ بِالْقَطْ وَالنَّبَاتِ يعني وكله الله على المطر that Allah that Mikael عليه السلام he is given the responsibility of the rainfall and the vegetation meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed him that responsibility of the rainfall and the growth of the vegetation وإسرافيل موكل بالنفخ في الصور بالصور and Israfil, he has been given the responsibility of blowing into the horn on the day of judgment. Blowing into the horn will signal the beginning of the day of judgment. Wa Malik, the angel Malik, his responsibility is Makkalun bin the gatekeeper of hellfire. And then it's mentioned Ridwan. The one who is the gatekeeper of paradise. Muakkalun bil jannah. Wa min al malaikati man la na'alam asma'ahum wa la na'alam a'amalahum aydha. And there are angels whose names we do not know. And their jobs we do not know. Lakin jaa fi al hadith an al nabi sallallahu sallam. Annahuma min mawdi' أربع أصابع في السماء إلا وفيه ملك قائم لله أو راكع أو ساجد. There is a hadith in a Tirmidhi that there is not the space of four fingers worth in the heavens except that there is an angel there standing before Allah or bowing or in prostration. There is not a space of four fingers worth except that there is an angel there in worship to Allah. So there are many angels. Some of them we know, some of them we do not know their names. Some of their jobs we know, some of their jobs we do not know. And these are the famous ones here, Jibreel and Mikael and Israfil. And as Shaykh Al-Thaymeen, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentioned in another book, that those three angels, Jibreel and Mikael and Israfil, their jobs are all connected. Their jobs are all connected. How are their jobs all connected? By life. All of their jobs are connected by life. How? The job of Jibreel is to bring life to the hearts with the Revelation, Hayatul Qulub. The revelation, so his job is linked to the life of the hearts, the revelation from Allah. Mikael, his job is linked to the life of the bodies, the rain and the, the food which grows, that is for your bodies. Hayatul Abdan. And then Israfil, 
His job is linked to life. How? Because he, when he blows in the horn, this life comes to an end and the afterlife begins. So all three of those angels, their jobs are connected to life. And then also, كَذَلِكَ نُؤْمِنُ بِالْكُتُبِ الَّتِي أَنزَلَهَا اللَّهُ عَلَى الرُّسُلِ عَلَيْهِمَ الصَّلَةُ وَالسَّلَامُ We believe in all of the books that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to his messengers. And those books, how many of them do we know by name? Four, so they are Al-Quran, Al-Injil, Al-Zabur, Al-Tawrat, four. Any more? Suhuf of Ibrahim and Musa. So the Suhuf of Ibrahim, that's the fifth one. The Suhuf of Musa, is that the sixth one or is that the same as Tawrat? Huh? So it's a Ghair Tawrat? So is the, the Suhuf of Musa, is that number six or is that Tawrat? Same thing. There is difference between the scholars. Some scholars they say the suhuf of Musa is the Torah. Other scholars they say no, this is another one that he was given, something else. So if it is something else, that means we know six. But if it is the Torah, then five. And then also نؤمنوا بالرسل الذين قصهم الله علينا نؤمن بهم بأعيانهم والذين لم يقصهم and as for the prophets and messengers, uh, the ones who Allah narrated to us about them, we believe in them by their identities. So for example, of course, there are many of them that we know by their names. We believe in them by their exact identities, their names. But there are many others that were sent and we do not know what their names were because the prophets, how many prophets were there? 124,000 it mentions. And how many messengers? 313 it mentions in some narrations. So that's a lot. We do not know the names of all of them. And Allah told us in the Quran, مِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَصَصْنَا عَلَيْكَ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ لَمْ نَقْصُصْ عَلَيْكَ There are those whom we narrated to you about, and there are those whom we did not narrate to you about. So we believe in all of them, the ones whose names we know, and the ones whose names we do not know. وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرُ هُوَ يَوْمُ الْبَعَثِ يَوْمُ يَخْرُجُ النَّاسُ مِنْ قُبُورِهِمْ لِلْجَزَاءِ the day of judgment is the day of resurrection. And that is the day when the people will be resurrected from their graves. And it mentions four descriptions of how people will be resurrected from their graves. It mentions there will be hufat. That they will be barefooted. They will not have shoes or leather socks or anything on their feet. They will be barefooted. 
أي أقدامهم عارية والعرات الذين ليس عليهم ثياب and naked that they will not have any garments upon them والغرل الذين لم يختنوا and the غرل meaning the ones who have not been circumcised and the بهم الذين ليس معهم مال that they do not have any wealth with them on that day so barefooted, naked, uncircumcised without any wealth raised up in that state on that day يحشرون كذلك ولما حدث النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام بأنهم عرات قالت عائشة يا رسول الله الرجال والنساء ينظر بعضهم إلى بعض so when the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the people are going to be resurrected naked on that day as one of the characteristics Aisha radiallahu anha said but O Messenger of Allah will the men and the women not look at each other? Will they not look at each other then? See each other? قال الأمر أعظم من ذلك The Prophet ﷺ said the affair will be far more severe than that Meaning nobody will be bothered or interested about looking anywhere. Such will be the terror and the fright and the gravity of the situation that day that the people being resurrected naked, it will not be of a, an issue of concern for people to be looking. Such will be the level of gravity and terror and fright on that day. الأمر أعظم من ذلك أي من أن ينظر بعضهم إلى بعض لِأَنَّ النَّاسِ كُلٌّ مَشْغُولٌ بِنَفْسِهِ Everybody will be completely thinking about themselves. How they can save themselves on that day. Nobody will be bothered about anyone else looking anywhere else. They will be so frightened for themselves. قَالَ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ وَمِنَ الْإِيمَانِ بِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ الْإِيمَانِ بكل ما أخبر به النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مما يكون بعد الموت فيجب أن تؤمن بفتنة القبر أي بالاختبار الذي يكون للميت إذا دفن وتولى عنه أصحابه فإنه يأتيه ملكان يسألانه عن ربه ودينه ونبيه وتؤمن كذلك بأن القبر إما روض من رياض الجنة وإما حفر من حفر النار سو شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية يسأل In terms of your iman in the day of judgment, then it is to have iman in everything that the Prophet ﷺ informed us of that happens from death onwards. From death, when you die from the point of death onwards is the, the, is the afterlife. From your death, it's not from when the horn is blown, that's the day of judgment. But as soon as a person dies, his afterlife begins. As soon as a person dies, his afterlife begins. And that is your iman in the afterlife. From the moment you die, all of those things that are going to happen. So for example, the fitnatul qabr, the trial of the grave, whereby the two angels, they will come to a person and sit him up and question him, who is your Lord, what is your religion, who is your prophet? And the name of those two angels is Al-Munkar wa Nakir. 
And the description about them, the description that is mentioned in the hadith, what they look like, it just says in the hadith, Aswadani Azraqani. That's it. That they are going to be Aswadani Azraqani. Some scholars, they said, maybe, they made ishtihad. They said, maybe they will be like black figures with blue eyes. Maybe. But it doesn't say that in the hadith. But ishtihad, maybe. So it just says they will come in this black and blue appearance. And they uh, uh, question the person in the grave. And then also after that, a person believes as well that his grave will either be a garden from the gardens of paradise. In the narrations it mentions how uh, a door to paradise is opened up and how his grave is extended to the length of the eyesight, how far he can see. Uh, When the door to paradise is opened up and he sees where he's going to be, he says, Ya Rabbi, aqim is sa'ah. But then the other one who is in the pit, from the pits of the hellfire in his grave, squashed upon him, his ribs they crack, and the door to hellfire is opened up, and all of the, the smells and the heat from the hellfire comes, he says, Ya Rabbi, la tuqim is sa'ah. Do not establish the hour. He does not want to go into the hellfire. So you believe in all of that? Uh, and also you believe that there are punishments and blessings in the grave? So everything that is connected to the day of judgment, paradise, hellfire, all of the things, they come into your belief in the day of judgment. والقدر and the decree تقدير الله عز وجل يعني يجب أن تؤمن بأن الله تعالى قدر كل شيء وذلك أن الله خلق القلم فقال له اكتب قال وماذا اكتب قال اكتب ما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة and so the decree of Allah is that you believe Allah decreed preordained everything so when Allah created the pen Allah said to it, write. The pen said, what shall I write? Allah said, write everything that is going to happen till the day of resurrection. So then at that point, at that time, all of that which is going to occur till the day of judgment was decreed. إِذَنْ فَالْإِيمَانُ فِي قَوْلِهِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا يشمل الإيمان بالأصول الستة التي بينها الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام. So the first characteristic of the people who are exempt from the loss is that they have iman in all of those affairs and everything of the religion. الصفة الثانية. The second characteristic. وعمل الصالحات. That they perform the righteous actions. The second characteristic, they perform the righteous actions. وَمَعْنَاهُ أَنَّهُمْ قَامُوا بِالْعَمَالِ الصَّالِحَةِ مِنْ صَلَاةٍ وَزَكَاةٍ وَصِيَامٍ وَحَجٍ وَبِرٍ لِلْوَالِدَيْنِ وصلة الأرحام وغير ذلك فلم يقتصروا على مجرد ما في القلب بل عملوا وأنتجوا. والصالحات هي التي اشتملت على شيئين 
الأول الإخلاص لله عز وجل والثاني المتابعة للرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام So the second characteristic is that they do the righteous actions from prayer and zakat and fasting and hajj and righteousness to the parents and uh, the keeping the ties of kinship. And so they did not simply suffice with their iman in their hearts, but then they actually do the righteous actions on top of that iman and they produce their righteous actions and do their righteous actions. And the righteous actions are only going to be considered righteous if they are built upon two pillars, sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ الْعَمَلَ إِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ خَالِصًا لِلَّهِ فَهُوَ مَرْدُودٍ and that's because if an action is not done sincerely for Allah, then it will be rejected. Uh, and قال الله تبارك وتعالى في الحديث القدسي الذي يرويه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الله أنا أغنى الشركاء عن الشرك من عمل عملا أشرك فيه معي غيري تركته وشركه In the hadith قدسي where Allah himself uh, speaks and the Prophet ﷺ narrates it directly from Allah in a hadith Qudsi like that. Allah said that I am free of, or I, I am not in need of any partners and of any shirk that occurs. I am free of that. And whomsoever commits an action and does shirk in it along with me, then I will leave him, abandon him and his shirk. That I am not in need, I am free of any form of partners and shirk being associated to me. Whomsoever does that, I abandon him and the shirk he does. فَلَوْ قُمْتَ تُصَلِّ مُرَآتًا لِلنَّاسِ أَوْ تَصَدَّقْتَ مُرَآتًا لِلنَّاسِ أَوْ طَلَبْتَ الْعِلْمَ مُرَآتًا لِلنَّاسِ أَوْ وَصَلْتَ الرَّحِمْ مُرَآتًا لِلنَّاسِ أَوْ غَيْرِ ذَلِكَ فَالْعَمَلُ مَرْدُودٌ حَتَّى وَإِن كَانَ صَالِحًا فِي ظَاهِرِهِ so if you uh, pray just to show off to the people, to impress the people, to show them, or you give charity for that same reason, to show the people, or seek knowledge to show the people, to show off, or, tie, or keep the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, ties of kinship, to show off only for the sake of the people, then those actions, they are going to be rejected even though they appear to be good actions. وكذلك الاتباع لو أنك عملت عملا لم يعمله الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام وتقربت به إلى الله مع الإخلاص لله فإنه لا يقبل يقبل منك لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من عمل عملا ليس عليه أمرنا فهو رد And so even if you do an action upon sincerity but you don't do it in accordance to the sunnah then it will be rejected because the messenger said Whomsoever does an action which is not from our religion, our sharia, our legislation, then it will be rejected. Even al-amal salih ma jama'a wasfain. Therefore the righteous actions have to be those with the two characteristics. Sincerity to Allah and following the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So now we have the first two characteristics for salvation. Iman and action. Iman and action. The third characteristic, that they recommend to one another the truth. They advise one another and counsel one another upon and to the truth. أَيْ صَارَ بَعْضُهُمْ يُوصِي بَعْضًا بِالْحَقِّ وَالْحَقِّ هُوَ الشَّرَعِ And the truth is the legislation, the sharia. That is the truth that you counsel one another and advise one another and recommend one another to be upon and follow. يعني كل واحد منهم يوصي الآخر إذا رآه مفرطا في واجب أوصاه وقال يا أخي قم بالواجب إذا رآه فاعلا لمحرم أوصاه قال يا أخي اجتنب الحرام فهم لم يقتصروا على نفع أنفسهم بل نفعوا أنفسهم وغيرهم So when a person sees another individual falling short in negligence then he advises him my brother do the obligations and do not fall short and abandon them and if he sees a person performing the haram then he advises him and tells him to leave that haram so he is not just benefiting himself, but also on top he's benefiting and advising the others to be upon that truth. And the fourth characteristic, that they recommend to one another, counsel one another, advise one another to be upon patience. Patience, a sabr, is to restrain yourself from not falling into actions that are not suitable. To restrain yourself from, rather, to restrain yourself from falling into actions that are not suitable. To restrain yourself from falling into actions that are not suitable. حَبْسُ النَّفْسِ عَمَّا لَا يَنْبَغِي فِعْلُهُ And قَسَّمَهُ أَهْلُ الْعِلْمِ إِلَى ثَلَاثَةِ أَقْسَامِ The scholars have said that patience is three types. الْقِسْمُ الْأَوَّلِ صَبْرٌ عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ Patience upon the obedience to Allah. الْقِسْمُ الثَّانِي صَبْرٌ عَنْ مَحَارِمِ اللَّهِ Patience in staying away from the haram. وَالْقِسْمُ الثَّالِثِ صَبْرٌ عَلَى أَقْدَارِ اللَّهِ أو أقدار الله المؤلمة to be patient upon the decree of Allah if some difficulties occur to you. الصبر على الطاعة كثير من الناس يكون فيه كسل عن الصلاة مع الجماعة مثلا لا يذهب إلى المسجد يقول صلي في البيت وأديت الواجب فيكسل فقال فقال له يا أخي أصبر نفسك احبسها an example the Sheikh gives about being patient upon worship. He says many people they may be lazy and not come and pray in the jama'ah for their prayers. And they just pray at home and they say I've done the prayer, at least I've prayed now. So then in that case you should advise that brother, my brother be patient upon your worship. It takes more effort to come to the mosque and pray in the jama'ah. Requires patience from you to carry on doing that. But have that patience. And come and perform that prayer in the jama'ah. 
وكثير من الناس إذا رأى زكاة ماله كثيرة شح وبخل وصار يتردد Another example when somebody uh, works out their zakat and realizes that it's a large amount maybe 10,000 pounds 15,000 pounds he sees that it's a big amount he has to give for the zakat when he works it all out so then he starts to become a little bit doubtful and a bit unsure he doesn't really want to give all that money so again you have to tell him be patient patient upon the worship of Allah giving zakat will not reduce your money it will put barakah into your money and examples are many like that where you must remain patient upon the worship of Allah the second type is being patient in staying away from the haram being patient in staying away from the haram and that's obvious you have to be patient to keep yourself away from doing what the soul desires from the haram actions and they are many and the third type being patient upon the decree of Allah يَتَوَاصَوْنَ عَلَىٰ أَقْدَارِ اللَّهِ يُصَابُ الْإِنسَانُ بِمَرَضْ فِي بَدَنِهِ يُصَابُ الْإِنسَانُ بِفَقْدِ شَيْءٍ مِنْ مَالِهِ يُصَابُ الْإِنسَانُ بِفَقْدِ أَحِبَّتِهِ فَيَجْزَحْ وَيَتَسَخَّطْ وَيَتَأَلَّمْ فَيَتَوَاصَوْنَ فِيمَا بَيْنَهُمْ اصْبِرْ يَا أَخِي هَذَا أَمْرٌ مُقَدَّرْ وَالْجَزَعْ لَا يُثِيدُ شَيْئًا وَاسْتِمْرَارُ الْحُزْنِ لَا يَرْفَعُ الْحُزْنِ إِنْسَانٌ امْتُحِنَ بِمَوْتِ ابْنِهِ نَقُولُ يَا أَخِي اصْبِرْ So the shaykh gives a few examples about patience upon the decree maybe somebody gets sick some illness occurs to you so you tell that person to be patient upon that or maybe a person he loses his wealth something happens and a lot of his money is lost he loses a lot of his money so you tell him be patient it's the decree of Allah or a person he loses one of his uh, relatives maybe someone in his family dies so again you tell that person to be patient him becoming depressed isn't going to help in any way that isn't going to help him to solve that problem or that emotion becoming depressed and sorrowful and grieving continuously so in those situations you tell that person once again to be patient so the sheikh says from those three types which of the three types of those patients are the most difficult? Huh? Upon uh, worship to Allah, the first type. Anybody else? Staying away from the haram. Al-Aqdar. Khalas, we have all the answers now. So, here then, al-jawab, hadha yakhtalif. فبعض الناس يشق عليه القيام بالطاعة وتكون ثقيلة عليه جدا وبعض الناس بالعكس الطاعة هين عليه لكن ترك المعصية صعب شاق مشقة كبيرة وبعض الناس يسهل عليه الصبر على الطاعة والصبر عن المعصية لكن لا يتحمل الصبر على المصائب The Sheikh says it all depends on the individual person Some people, they find it difficult to be patient upon worship. They can't bring themselves and push themselves to do the worship that they're supposed to be doing. So for them, that type is the hardest. Even though for them it's easy to stay away from the haram, they stay away from the haram. But they find it hard to push themselves to do the obligations and the worship. So that's the hardest for them. Other people, they can do all of the worship. They do it, no problem. 
But they find a difficulty in staying away from certain haram things. So for them, staying away from the haram is the difficult patience they have to show. And some people, they can do all of that. Perform the obligations, stay away from the haram. But when difficulties happen in life, they find that really difficult to deal with. So for them, it's the third type. So the sheikh says it all depends on people, individual people. They have different types of personalities, different situations. And so everybody will have a different uh, type of patience that is most difficult upon them. So then, you have the fourth characteristic about advising each other upon patience. So by time, all of mankind is certainly in loss except those who have iman and they do righteous actions and they counsel one another upon the haqq, the truth, the sharia. And they counsel one another upon Patience. As Shaykh Abdul Rahman Sa'idi Rahimallah Ta'ala said, these four, which one is the key? Which one is the, the really important one? As-sabr? Why? As-sabr. Because as Shaykh Abdul Rahman Sa'idi Rahimallah said, if you do not have sabr, you will not have al-iman wal-amal and al-tawasi bil-haq. You will not have those if you do not have patience. Because a person who does not have patience, he doesn't have patience upon the obedience to Allah, patience is staying away from haram, etc. Then when it comes to the issues of iman, he will be very loose with all of that if he doesn't have any patience. If he doesn't have any patience, then in terms of doing his righteous actions, he's going to be very loose with that. And if he doesn't have any patience, he's going to find it hard to remain upon the truth. As soon as some difficulty happens, as soon as some hardship occurs to him, he starts moving away from the truth to something to mix with the people and make it easier. So without patience, the first three become very difficult. So Shaykh Abdul Rahman Sa'idi, he said, patience is the key to the others. If you have patience, you can have the other three as well. Without patience, you're going to struggle with the other three. So those are the four characteristics in total then that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights to us are the keys to salvation. Those four characteristics are the keys to salvation. Otherwise, all of mankind is certainly in loss. All of mankind is certainly in destruction otherwise. So that is the end of that chapter in brief. That's what we'll conclude on today. And then we'll start with the next chapter next week, inshaAllah ta'ala.